turn to Second Timothy chapter one, and I just want to do a, a, a study, kind of like a thank you to moms. And you saw in the video uh, different reasons that the kids thanked their moms for. Um, today, I'm going to give you just a handful. I, I will say, just I want to acknowledge that this day can be tough for some, you know, for various reasons. Uh, some moms are no longer with us. And if that's you and your mom's not here, I know that's hard. Um, others of us, uh, maybe mom's not here, but maybe mom was never there. There are a few in that situation. Um, some moms today are missing a child. And then there are even some sisters who haven't had that privilege quite yet. Um, so, you know, I understand there's different emotions that go through today. I hope you guys know we're praying for you. And just like with everything else, I want to encourage you here today because I know there's a lot of hurting people. The Lord gave me a scripture the other day and it just kind of just really resonated in, in Psalm 25. It says, my eyes are ever towards the Lord for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. And so, you know, we live in this world and it can be very difficult and the world, the flesh, the devil, they try to trap you. And so our tendency would be to look down at our feet, at, at the troubles, at, you know, at the struggles at the net, but but don't look there. My encouragement to you is to keep your eyes always on the Lord, and he's going to help you through these difficult times. But for most of us here, you guys know out of all the, the holidays, uh, man, this one is huge. Uh, we have moms that are so amazing, and we acknowledge the fact that this is a great reason, right, to celebrate. Moms are basically superheroes, but their everyday powers, unlike those of fictional heroes like we see in the movies and we celebrate them, too often the moms who are superheroes go unnoticed. But, but today, um, with all our heart, and we can't say it enough, we, we just honor you. And we want to thank you for the million things that you do. Now, I was thinking about this. If we took a minute, a million minutes, just to thank moms for everything they did, we would be here for 330 days straight just thanking moms. And so um, you guys probably wouldn't let me do that, right? Um, but um, I am going to share five things about moms that I want to thank you for. And you're probably thinking, okay, Manny, will it take five minutes? No, it's going to take longer <laughs> um, because we're going to get into the scriptures and we got some sub points there. Um, but the first one is found here in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And I just want to thank you, moms, for your spiritual influence. Thank you for that. You know, 2 Timothy 1 in verse 3, Paul said, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. So Paul is writing to Timothy and he's just saying, I thank God for you, man. I, I thank God for you every single day, night and day, I pray for you. And, and he says in verse 4, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. He really wanted to see Timothy. Apparently, the last time they were together, uh, he had probably been crying because they were separated. And, and so Paul says this, though, uh, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance that the genuine faith, there it is, the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. 
And so what Paul is saying to Timothy is, I thank God for you. God had raised up this young man who he would pass the baton on to. And the thing about Timothy that he saw was this guy was really saved. This guy was really born again, that he had a genuine faith. And what Paul said about Timothy is that, and, 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 it, and it started with your mom. And it started you know, with her mom. It was the genuine faith that was in them that was then transferred to you. And so we, of course, I've, that's where it, it's, that's the start of it. That's the heart of it. We thank you, moms, for your spiritual influence. And, and we know that um, the influence a mom has in many ways is, is huge. The influence of a mom is beyond measure. You know, once uh, there was a newspaper that was asked to help a group of women uh, decide on the 12 greatest ladies in the United States. And so it was a women's club, and they're trying to figure out, like, who are the 12 greatest in, in American history? And, and so they said this, the 12 greatest women in the United States are women who have probably never been heard of outside their own homes. They, they said, let me ask you, who was greater, Thomas Edison or his mother? When he was a young lad, his teacher sent him home with a note that said this. The note said, your child is dumb. We can't do anything for him. And so Mrs. Edison, she wrote back and she said, you do not understand my boy. I will teach him myself. And she did. And the results are history. You guys know, right? Most of you probably pay your bill to Southern California Edison. And so you have her to blame for that. But Thomas Edison... He was born in 1847, American inventor. He developed many devices, uh, such as the electric power generation, mass communication, sound recording, motion pictures, uh, the electric light bulb, um, so many things. He was the one who applied the principles of organized science and teamwork to the process of invention. And so uh, he was huge in American history. And so I wonder if that teacher, Edison's teacher, ever got to see how wrong they were and how awesome a mom is who never gives up on their kids. Because that's what moms do, huh? They are so influential beyond measure, not just academically or financially or intellectually, but most important of all, they are influential spiritually. You know, some say it's a Scottish proverb, some say it's a Spanish proverb, I'm not sure which, but many of you have heard that saying, an ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy. How many of you guys have heard that? I'm just curious. So no one here. I thought I had said that before, but an ounce of, of, of mother is worth a pound of clergy, not to downplay the role of the church or the youth pastor or the pastor But what that quote expresses is that moms by far are the most powerful spiritual influence in the life of her children. And we see that throughout history. You could talk to Hannah who gave Samuel to Israel. Or you can talk to the mother of C.H. Spurgeon or Chuck Smith. You know, Chuck Smith said that he never remembered Uh, a night in in which he went to bed in which the last thing he didn't hear was was his mom praying. First thing he he heard in the morning is mom praying. The influence of a godly mom. You know, there's one man, one of my favorite authors, his name is G. Campbell Morgan. He was born in 1863. He was a British evangelist, a preacher, a leading Bible teacher in his day. 
if you guys ever get any uh, uh, books by C, uh, G. Campbell Morgan, I encourage you to buy them. It, it is great stuff. But he preached his first sermon at the age of 13. Think about that. He eventually went on to become pastor of Westminster Chapel in London. He, he eventually handed the church over to a guy named Martin Lloyd-Jones. Any of you guys ever heard of him? A great expositor, one of the best in history. Uh, G. Campbell Morgan mentored him. And so just to give you a little bit of what this guy did, he was president of Chestnut College in Cambridge. He even taught 14 years here at Biola in the university there in Los Angeles when it was a solid school. All that to say, he was a mighty man of God who impacted the kingdom for good. And G. Campbell Morgan had four sons. They were all preachers. And so uh, think about that. Here's this guy, four sons, preachers. So someone came into the room one day and they kind of wanted to test one of his sons by the name of Howard. And he said, Howard, who's the greatest preacher in your family? And you know how guys are competitive, huh? Most guys are competitive, right? Uh, Howard, uh, immediately, he looked right at his dad and he said, Mom is. (laughs) 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 Because she preached uh, with her life. Every once in a while, you will get a mom who preaches uh, with her words as well. Let me tell you, um, they have great things to say. But all that, you guys, just to know that the, the spiritual influence of a mom is beyond measure. Abraham Lincoln rightly said, no man is poor who has a godly mother. He also became a great man, wouldn't you say? And so uh, some moms, I know uh, you've already raised your children in one sense, but you also know that being a mom never ends. Uh, Some of you moms are right smack in the middle of it. Um, Others, it's still ahead of you. Uh, And then I want to say this, I do need to say this, because you know, we, we live in this world and sometimes, you know, people, they, 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 you know, they're not able to have children. There, there are some who are called to be mothers, maybe not necessarily naturally, but I would say this supernaturally. You know, what a difference that you can make in the lives of maybe your nieces or nephews or whatever children that God brings into your path. You know, there's a really cool scripture in Romans sixteen thirteen where Paul told the church, in Rome, he said, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, and mine. Now, I thought that was interesting because uh, Paul and Rufus were not brothers, but basically, like one translation said, he basically said that she has been a mother to me. How many of you guys here, you go over to your friend's house and, and you have the, their friend's mom is kind of like a mom to you? Or maybe there's a, a Thea, an aunt you have, or someone you know, and you guys know what I'm talking about. When I was young, I remember those types of amazing uh, ladies. What a difference they made in my life in difficult times. My friends' moms, even today, huh? You guys know, we have like these moms. They're, in one sense, they're like moms to us. And sometimes they'll come up to me and they just tell me, I'm praying for you. And you don't know what a difference that makes. And so you, whoever you are, please understand, uh, we all can have a part of this uh, Mother's Day and so um, first point is just thank you for being a positive influence, a positive spiritual influence. Number two, thank you for being gentle. Now, even though some moms got the spoon, the wooden spoon, <laughs> and some even have the chancla, I will admit, man, um, generally speaking, moms are gentle. I think we have that passage. If you want to turn to it, you can. But we also have it here on the screen, First Thessalonians 2.7. 
Paul says, but we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. And so the word gentle here in the Greek, it speaks of being mild and soft, calm, kind, and tender. Next week, Lord willing, we'll be able to celebrate Father's Day. And, and to me, that's also an awesome day. And I just I pray that everyone would know that God knew what he was doing when he established the family and he gave men to be fathers and women to be mothers. This is how a child is to be raised, not with two moms, not with two dads. We need that masculinity. We need that femininity. And generally speaking, you know, the dad is going to come out. He's going to break out the belt. He's going to, you know, with a stern voice or whatever it might be, be that disciplinarian. Mom also has a spoon and a shankla, like I said, but generally speaking, she is gentle. And she's supposed to be. That's the way that God designed her, usually soft. Your voice, your touch, your tears, your care. Um, thank you for just the way it says right here, uh, you, you, you nursed us and you cherished us. Think about that. You fed us so we wouldn't die. And you cherished us so we wouldn't die emotionally. Now, I'm amazed with moms. I mean, even me as a dad, I tend to be kind of like a softie as a guy, but still my, my wife, she beats me in that every single time. I'm like, man, have him buy his own Tabasco sauce. What's the big deal, you know? <laughs> but still there's that compassion there. You know, thank you for being gentle. We know it's an attribute from above. James 3.17, it says that. It's from above. It's, it's the way Jesus is with us. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and, and lowly in heart, not harsh like the other guys. The Bible speaks of the way that this added attribute of gentleness is a big one for ladies. It says in 1 Peter 3, verses 3 and 4, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Now, don't get me wrong, ladies. I know, you know, sometimes you have to kind of raise the volume. I understand how that is, you know. You got some rambunctious kids that we want to try to straighten out, you know, but um, that this, this softness you have, this tenderness you have is just so appreciated. Where would we be without you never giving up on us. I want to thank you. Thank you for the spiritual influence. Thank you for being gentle. And then thirdly, thank you for working and watching so hard. Um, let me read you a couple of verses. You can turn there if you want, but Proverbs 31, 15, it talks about this virtuous woman and she also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Let's think about it. While everyone else is sleeping, there she is working. There she is watching. I think in one sense, moms, they get prepped for it by carrying your child, carrying your, 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 your baby for nine straight months. Think about how difficult that would be. Uh, guys here, aren't you grateful? Well, I don't know how it works. I guess you get the nine months of bonding, but they say that by the time you get start getting a little big, it's like carrying uh, three gallons of water 
in, in, on your tummy. Imagine that all around, all day long. And so already moms are getting, man, the taste of what it's going to be like. Your life will never be the same. The working and the watching is going to be crazy. God give you extra energy. I, I believe that with ladies. You have several sets of hands somehow to do all that work. Uh, how many of you guys have moms who have eyes in the back of their heads? I'm just curious. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how they see everything, right? They seem to serve everyone and see everyone. They, they do so much, not only from sunup to sundown, but then even afterwards and every times in between. And the Bible says in Proverbs 31:18 that her lamp doesn't go out by night. While others are sleeping, oftentimes there's mom working. And you guys know that, huh? I mean, and it's the little things. You might say, oh, it's not that big of a deal, whatever. She's making a meal. She's washing our clothes. She's ironing our clothes. She's whatever, you know, doing all the different things around the house. And some, for whatever reason, they don't appreciate that. And yet we should. You know, I read a story about a teacher who gave her class of second graders a lesson on the magnet and what the magnet does. And so she gave the lesson. The next day, she asked her children this question. Uh, she said, my full name has six letters. And she wrote this down and told them the answer. The first one is M. I pick up things. What am I? Now, she had just given the lesson on the magnet the day before, but she asked them the question, kind of following up. And when the test papers were turned in, the teacher was astonished to find that almost 50% of the students answered the question with the word mother. She said, oh, no, I'm looking for a magnet. They're like, no, my mom is the one. She picks up things, huh? She used to pick up you. And in, all, and in, in some ways, she still does. And she always will. That's how awesome moms are. I don't think there is any other role or responsibility in the entire world with such grand demands. And yet they give and give and give of themselves. They work for, watch over the ways of their household, the children they cherish. I read one job description of moms that said it this way. It's the most creative job in the world involving fashion decorating, recreation, education, transportation, psychology, romance, cuisine, literature, art, economics, government, pediatrics, geriatrics, entertainment, maintenance, economics, law, and the willingness to be a vessel of salvation. Anyone who can handle all those has to be someone special. Huh. She is. She's a mom. They say when you have children over the 18 years, there's an average of three and a half more hours a week of housework and an average of 11 hours a week on child-related activities. This adds up to 754 hours of extra work every single year. So let's just say, guys, that you gave your mom 20 bucks an hour that comes out to a $15,000 bonus every year. Now, I know moms would not want to get paid like that, but today is Mother's Day, and so I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> it's kind of funny because after the study, uh, I'll talk to people, and that's probably the one thing they're going to remember. <laughs> 
You know, a word of thanks is not anywhere near a proper payment in return for what you do, but we do want to say thank you for working, thank you for watching, thank you for your spiritual influence, thank you for your gentleness. And then number four, thank you for praying. Thank you for praying. Turn to Mark 7. In Mark chapter 7, you guys might remember this story. It says in verse 24, From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him. She just kept asking him in the greek language it's a it's a present tense imperative so she just kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter but jesus said to her let the children be first for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs and so here's this woman think about it her her daughter has a demon i mean it's crazy and so jesus is there and the woman you know finds him and she's praying and she's asking, hey, can you cast the demon out? And in one sense, it almost seems like Jesus uh, discourages her. Jesus tells her no. There's definitely not an immediate response, that's for sure. And then for him to say, well, first we're responsible for the children of Israel, uh, the Jew first, then the Gentile. That's kind of the order of things, generally speaking. And so most moms or whatever, most people, if they didn't have that love, and that faith, they, they probably would have stopped praying they would have went away but here this lady is kind of used as an example for us we're not supposed to give up look at it says in verse 26 and she answered and said to him yes lord yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs now the the little dogs is a term of endearment don't think it was an insult um but but this lady this mom she has so much faith she knows she knows that all she needs from her creator is just a little bit of the crumbs that fall off the table. That would be sufficient to cast the demon out of her daughter. She has that faith. And she's just praying and praying and praying. And it says, and, and then he, spoke, he said to her in verse 29, For this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. What a huge, eternal difference those prayers make. And we see that right here. And that's moms do. I don't have to tell you to do this. You do this. Moms just keep praying. I'll give you guys a few things on the praying. Number one, they pray persistently. And that's what we see right here. I already told you about Chuck Smith's mom who would pray every night, every morning. He would see her there when he went to bed, when he woke up. Um, uh, there's a word I want to teach you. Some of you guys may already know it, but for me, it's a new word. It's the word importunate. I think we have it on the, yeah. I don't know. You guys probably knew this word. I, I, I read it, and I, uh, Ruth Graham used it in a poem. I thought, that's a pretty cool word, importunate. I think that's how you spell it. And the word means persistent, especially to the point of annoyance or intrusion. And I thought, that's how moms pray. That's how this mom is praying right here. 
Imagine that, persistent, almost annoying, (laughs) intruding. Thank you for praying for us like that. I know, I know for sure that that is why so many of us here have that faith. We have that hope because of the way you prayed for us, number one, persistently. Number two, aggressively. If you want to turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, And you guys might remember this story of Elisha. And basically what happens, uh, let me just give you a little bit of background. Elisha uh, would go, him and his uh, sidekick Gehazi, was kind of like Batman and Robin, they would go and they would do the ministry. And then one day a lady said, hey, I see you guys are always coming over here. Why don't you stop by here and eat? Eventually, she said, hey, he's a man of God, and yeah, talked to her husband. This is an amazing woman. She said, hey, can we build them a little room right here? We'll put a bed, we'll put a table, we'll put a chair, and we'll put a lamp. And that way, whenever they're in the area, you know, we can just, you know, have a place for them to stay. And so, uh, you know, Elisha was blessed by that. Eventually, it came to the point where he said, man, what can we do for this lady? Is there anything we can do for her? And she said, no, I'm good. No, not, I'm good. And then, so Gehazi said, well, she doesn't have a son. And so Elisha said, okay, this time next year, you're going to have a son. But she's like, they're like, well, wait a minute. You know, her husband was very old. It was against all odds. And he didn't, she said, no, don't deceive me. Don't tell me that I'm going to have a son. Because I'll get my hopes up so high, and you're going to just deflate my hopes. And Elisha said, no, you're going to have a son. And so, sure enough, uh, she had a son. And so we read in verse uh, 18 here in 2 Kings 4. It says, And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father's, to the reapers, and he said to his father, My head, my head. I guess there was something going on there. He was having pain. And so he said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. And so he said, Why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. It's not a holiday. And she said, It is well. And I like the way she keeps saying it is well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. In other words, drive fast. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Carmel, Mount Carmel. And so it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Now, when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God, this is speaking of Elisha, said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. And so she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him, but lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. 
So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. And when Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. And he went in, therefore shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth and his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house, again went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite woman. And so he called her. And when she came into him, he said, pick up your son. Remember I told you how they pick up their children? Well, here they are. Pick up your son. And so she went in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. And she picked up her son and went out. I mean, first you have the, the woman praying for her daughter who's demon-possessed. Now you have a mom leading the way, praying, interceding, making sure that her son who is dead comes to life. And, and what we find is that moms, man, your prayer, how you pray persistently, how you pray aggressively even, is what's going to make the difference in all the world. Now, there's this one gentleman named Lauren Sani. He served as the president of the Navigators for 30 years. And the Navigators is another one of those amazing ministries. If you guys ever are interested in memorizing scripture, which is so important for us to do, um, check out the Navigators. But anyways, this guy was president there for 30 years, and he wrote this of his mother. He said, my mother gave birth to me in a frontier house on a Midwestern prairie. On the kitchen counter, she placed a list of the ingredients necessary for my formula. At the top of the list was prayer. And that remained at the top of her list for me throughout her life. I have her to thank for firmly establishing my spiritual roots. And I'm telling you, you know, I know sometimes we don't see the results right away. But man, it's amazing to see the way that those moms, they just keep praying. And we just thank you for that. The way that you pray persistently, the way that you would even pray aggressively. And then the last one in this category is that the way you pray unselfishly. Now, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, you guys might remember the story where Hannah, uh, she didn't, couldn't have children, and so she went up to Shiloh, and she prayed uh, that God would give her a child. And eventually, it took some time but God brought the mom to the place. God brought Hannah to the place of praying, okay, God, if you give me a child, I will give my child back to you. And that's all God was waiting for. And so we read that in 1 Samuel chapter 1 in, in verse 11. And then in verse 27 in 1 Samuel 1, it says, for this child I, I prayed. And, and that unselfish prayer is very, very important. I remember another time in the gospel where James and John's mom, they came to Jesus and they said, Lord, we, we, well, we want you to put our sons on the right hand and on the left hand when you enter into your kingdom. They, there was kind of like those moms praying you know, for their kids, whatever, to be successful in the eyes of the world and to be in that place of prominence and power. But, but what we find with Hannah, what we find in, in really in life, 
is God's plans for our children are often different than, you know, our plans. We have our dreams. We have our destiny for our children, but God has his, and that's the one that we want to yield to. And that's why moms, they, they need to pray unselfishly. Lord, um, I don't know if my, my, my child is going to be, you know, the, the most successful financially. Maybe he will, or maybe he won't. Most important thing is that my child does your will. And those are those unselfish prayers. You know, because if you look at the Bible, it doesn't always look so pretty. You know, I, I was reading this poem, like I mentioned to you, from Ruth Graham. And she wrote a poem. And see if you guys can follow me on this. How many of you guys like poems? I'm just curious. Most people don't. They're like, oh, you just lost me, bro. It's okay. <laughs> That's why I like Chuck Smith. I like reading Chuck Smith. He's so, you know, basic and to the point, man. But listen to this poem. Ruth Graham wrote this. She said, had I been Joseph's mother, I'd have prayed protection from his brothers. God, keep him safe. He's so young, so different from the others. Mercifully, she never knew there would be slavery and prison too. Had I been Moses' mother, I'd have wept to keep my little son, praying she might forget the babe drawn from the water of the Nile. Had I not kept him for her nursing him the while, was he not mine and she but Pharaoh's daughter? Had I been Daniel's mother, I should have pled, give victory, the Babylonian hordes, godless and cruel, don't let him be a captive, better dead. Almighty Lord, had I been Mary, the mother of Jesus, oh, had I been she, I would have cried as never a mother cried. Anything, oh God, anything but crucified. With such importunate, my infinite wisdom would assail Infinite wisdom, God, how fortunate, infinite wisdom should prevail. You know, just keep praying for your kids. Do you know that God has a plan for them? And sometimes we have to go through bumpy roads, and sometimes we have to fall and find ourselves in places that are very, very challenging and difficult. But what we find is at the end, God has the victory Thank you for praying persistently, aggressively, and even unselfishly. And so the last point, after thank you for all these things, number five, thank you for loving your children with God's love. And for that, uh, over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, in verse 7, as Paul is kind of like comparing it to the ministry, but he's using a mom as an illustration and he says, this is kind of how we were with you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Why? Because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Paul talks about this is the ministry, you know, how we were with you. And it's kind of like the way that you guys all know this uh, mom is with her children. The way that she cares, uh, and the reason she cares is because she loves. And the way that she loves is she gives her life for her kids. Essentially, that's what they do. 
You know, there's that story, one person saw this mom with, uh, you know, a handful of kids, and she saw how beautiful they were, and she said, I would give my life to have children like this, and the mom said, yeah, that's how much it costs. It costs the life. You know, I've told you guys this story, uh, but years ago, a young mother was making her way across the hills of South Wales, and she was carrying her tiny baby in her arms when she was suddenly overtaken by a blizzard. She never reached her destination, and when the blizzard had subsided, her body was found by searchers beneath a mound of snow. But they discovered that before her death, she had taken off all her outer clothing and wrapped it around her baby. When they unwrapped the child, to their great surprise and joy, they found he was alive and well. This is a true story. She had mounded her body over his and given her life for her child, proving the depths of her love. Years later, that child, his name is David Lloyd George, grew to manhood and became the prime minister of Great Britain, one of England's greatest statesmen. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating when I say that this is what moms do. And this is why it's so cool that we have a Mother's Day. But... The gratitude has to be deeper because the gratitude really should be every day. So thank you for your spiritual influence. Thank you for being gentle. Thank you for working so hard and watching so faithfully. Thank you for praying. And thank you for your love. So how can we say thank you? How can we do this? Well, number one, rule number one, don't let mom do any work today, okay? (laughs) And then there are so many other things. I'll just mention a couple of them. Spend time with them. If your mom's uh, not, you know, anywhere near, maybe you can call them. You can have a meal with them. That's always a blessing. Just don't make them cook, right? (laughs) You can give them a long, tight hug. I don't know, it, it depends. I don't know how you guys are as a family, but I know most moms appreciate that. A kiss, a gift, you know, a thoughtful gift, I'm sure. Um, a card, or even, I'll tell you what, write them a note. I'll tell you what, most moms would probably appreciate that. Or maybe in the card, you write from your heart how grateful you are. Even if I could say this, and I'll, this will blow moms away. If some of the kids here say, Mom, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Man, that would bless her. But more than anything else, especially for those of you here at church, I know this is how it is, the best thing you can do for your mom is be committed to Jesus Christ. To have that commitment on your part to tell them, Mom, I want you to know this today. I have decided to follow Jesus. To not only be your child, it's been a blessing, Mom. But I have chosen to be God's child. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again, and I have placed my faith in him. That will be the best gift any mom can have. Huh, moms, wouldn't you say? Yeah, huh? (laughs) 